Book Thirteen of Jerusalem Delivered by Torquato Tasso, translated by Edward Fairfax. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Thomas Copeland. The argument: Is Mino sets to guard the forest old the wicked sprites whose ugly shapes affray and put to flight the men whose labor would to their dark shades let in heaven's golden ray. Thither goes Tancred, hardy, faithful, bold, but foolish pity lets him not assay his strength and courage. Heat the Christian power annoys, whom to refresh God sends a shower. But scant dissolved into ashes cold the smoking tower fell on the scorched grass, when new device found out the enchanter old by which the town besieged secured was. Of timber fit his foes deprive he would, such terror bred that late consumed mass so that the strength of zion's walls to shake they should no turrets rams nor engines make from godfrey's camp a grove a little way amid the valley's deep grows out of sight thick with old trees whose horrid arms display an ugly shade like everlasting night there when the sun spreads forth his clearest ray dim thick uncertain gloomy seems the light as when in evening day and darkness strive which should his foe from our horizon drive. But when the sun his chair in seas doth steep, night, horror, darkness thick the place invade, which veil the mortal eyes with blindness deep, and with sad terror make weak hearts afraid. Thither no groom drives forth his tender sheep to browse, or ease their faint in cooling shade, nor traveller nor pilgrim there to enter, so awful seems that forest old dare venter. United there the ghosts and goblins meet to frolic with their mates in silent night. With dragon's wings some cleave the welkin fleet, some nimbly run o'er hills and valleys light. A wicked troop that with allurement sweet draws sinful man from that is good and right, and there with hellish pomp their banquets brought they solemnize, thus the vain pagans thought no twist no twig no bough nor branch therefore the saracens cut from that sacred spring but yet the christians spared ne'er the more the trees to earth with cutting steel to bring thither went ismene old with tresses hoar when night on all this earth spread forth her wing and there in silence deaf and murksome shade his characters and circles vain he made he in the circle set one foot unshod, and whispered dreadful charms in ghastly wise. Three times, for witchcraft loveth numbers odd, toward the east he gaped, westward thrice. He struck the earth thrice with his charmed rod, wherewith dead bones he makes from graves to rise, and thrice the ground with naked foot he smote, and thus he cried loud with thundering note, hear hear you spirits all that whilom fell cast down from heaven with dint of roaring thunder hear you amid the empty air that dwell and storms and showers pour on these kingdoms under hear all you devils that lie in deepest hell and rend with torments damned ghosts asunder and of those lands of death of pain and fear thou monarch great great Dis, great pluto hear keep ye this forest well keep every tree numbered i give you them and truly told as souls of men in bodies clothed be so every plant a sprite shall hide and hold 
with trembling fear make all the Christians flee when they presume to cut these cedars old. This said, his charms he gan again repeat, which none can say but they that use like feet. At those strange speeches, still nights, splendent fires quenched their lights and shrunk away for doubt. The feeble moon her silver beams retires and wraps her horns with folding clouds about. Ismene his sprites to come with speed requires. Why come you not, you ever damned rout? Why tarry you so long? Pardie you stay till stronger charms and greater words, I say. I have not yet forgot, for want of use, what dreadful terms belong this sacred feat. My tongue, if still your stubborn hearts refuse, that so much dreaded name can well repeat, which heard great Dees cannot himself excuse, but hither run from his eternal seat. O oh, great and fearful! More he would have said, but that he saw the sturdy sprites obeyed legions of devils by thousands thither come such as in sparsed air their biding make and thousands also which by heavenly doom condemned lie in deep avernus lake but slow they came displeased all and some because those woods they should in keeping take yet they obeyed and took the charge in hand and under every branch and leaf they stand when thus his cursed work performed was, the wizard to his king declared the feat. My lord, let fear, let doubt and sorrow pass. Henceforth in safety stands your regal seat. Your foe, as he supposed, no mean now has to build again his rams and engines great. And then he told at large from part to part all what he late performed by wondrous art. Besides this help, another hap, quoth he, will shortly chance that brings not profit small. Within few days Mars and the sun I see their fiery beams unite in Leo shall, and then extreme the scorching heat will be, which neither rain can quench nor dews that fall. So placed are the planets high and low that heat, fire, burning, all the heavens foreshow. So great with us will be the warmth, therefore, as with the garments or those of vined. Yet nil it grieve us in this town so sore, we have sweet shade and waters cold by kind. Our foes abroad will be tormented more. What shield can they or what refreshing find? Heaven will them vanquish first, then Egypt's crew destroy them quite, weak, weary, faint, and few. Thou shalt sit still and conquer. Prove no more the doubtful hazard of uncertain fight. But if Argante's bold, that hates so sore all cause of quiet peace, though just and right, provoke thee forth to battle as before, find means to calm the rage of that fierce knight. For shortly heaven will send thee ease and peace, and war and trouble amongst thy foes increase. The king, assured by these speeches fair, held Godfrey's power, his might and strength in scorn. And now the walls he gan in part repair, which late the ram had bruised with iron horn. With wise foresight and well-advised care, he fortified each breach and bulwark torn. And all his folk, men, women, children small, with endless toil again repaired the wall. But Godfrey knowed this while bring forth his power to give assault 
against that fort in vain, till he had builded new his dreadful tower, and reared high his downfall rams again. His workmen, therefore, he dispatched that hour to hew the trees out of the forest main. They went, and scant the wood appeared in sight, when wonders knew their fearful hearts affright. As silly children dare not bend their eye, where they are told strange bugbears haunt the place, or as new monsters while in bed they lie their fearful thoughts present before their face, so feared they and fled, yet wist not why, nor what pursued them in that fearful chase. Except their fear, perchance, while thus they fled, new chimeras, sphinxes, or like monsters bred, swift to the camp they turned back dismayed with words confused uncertain tales they told that all which heard them scorned what they said and those reports for lies and fables hold a chosen crew in shining arms arrayed duke godfrey thither sent of soldiers bold to guard the men and their faint arms provoke to cut the dreadful trees with hardy stroke these drawing near the wood, where close ypent the wicked sprites in sylvan pinfolds were, their eyes upon those shades no sooner bent, but frozen dread pierced through their entrails dear. Yet on they stalked still, and on they went under bold semblance, hiding coward fear, and so far wandered forth with trembling pace, till they approached nigh that enchanted place when from the grove a fearful sound outbreaks, as if some earthquake hill and mountain tore, wherein the southern wind a rumbling makes, or like sea-waves against the scraggy shore. There lions grumble, there hiss scaly snakes, there howl the wolves, the rugged bears there roar, there trumpets shrill are heard, and thunders fell, and all these sounds one sound expressed well. Upon their faces pale, well might you note a thousand signs of heart-amating fear. Their reason gone, by no device they wot how to press nigh, or stay still where they were. Against that sudden dread their breasts which smote, their courage weak no shield of proof could bear. At last they fled, and one, then all more bold, excused their flight, and thus the wonders told. My lord! Not one of us there is, I grant, that dares cut down one branch in yonder spring. I think there dwells a sprite in every plant. There keeps his court great Dece, infernal king. He hath a heart of hardened adamant, that without trembling dares attempt the thing, and sense he wanteth, who so hardy is, to hear the forest thunder roar and hiss. This said, Alcasto to his words gave heed. Alcasto leader of the switzers grim a man both void of wit and void of dread who feared not loss of life nor loss of limb no savage beasts in deserts wild that feed nor ugly monster could dishearten him nor whirlwind thunder earthquake storm or aught that in this world is strange or fearful thought he shook his head and smiling thus can say the hardiness have i that would to fell and those proud trees low in the dust to lay, wherein such grisly fiends and monsters dwell. No roaring ghost my courage can dismay, no shriek of birds, beasts roar, or dragons yell, but through and through that forest will I wend, although to deepest hell the paths descend. Thus boasted he, 
and leave to go desired, and forward went with joyful cheer and will. He viewed the wood and those thick shades admired, he heard the wondrous noise and rumbling shrill, yet not one foot audacious man retired. He scorned the peril, pressing forward still, till on the forest's outmost marge he stepped. A flaming fire from entrance there him kept. The fire increased and built a stately wall of burning coals, quick sparks and embers hot. And with bright flames the wood environed all, that there no tree nor twist Alcasto got. The higher stretched flames seemed bulwarks tall, Castles and turrets full of fiery shot, With slings and engines strong of every sort. What mortal white durst scale so strange a fort? Oh, what strange monsters on the battlement In loathsome form stood to defend the place! Their frowning looks upon the night they bent, And threatened death with shot, with sword, with mace. At last he fled, and though but slow he went, as lions do, whom jolly hunters chase, yet fled the man, and with sad fear withdrew, though fear till then he never felt nor knew. That he had fled long time he never wist, but when far run he had discovered it, himself for wonder with his hand he blissed, a bitter sorrow by the heart him bit amazed ashamed disgraced sad silent tryst alone he would all day in darkness sit nor durst he look on man of worth or fame his pride late great now greater made his shame godfredo called him but he found delays and causes why he should his cabin keep at length perforce he comes but not he says or talks like those that babble in their sleep his shamefacedness to Godfrey plain bewrays his flight, so does his sighs and sadness deep. Whereat amazed, what chance is this, quoth he, these witchcrafts strange or nature's wonders be? But if his courage any champion move to try the hazard of this dreadful spring, I give him leave that venture great to prove, some news he may report us of the thing. This said, his lords attempt the charmed grove, yet nothing back but fear and flight they bring, for them enforced with trembling to retire the sight, the sound, the monsters, and the fire. This happed when woeful Tancred left his bed, to lay in marble cold his mistress dear. The lively color from his cheeks was fled, his limbs were weak, his helm or tard to bear. Natheless, when need to high attempts him led, no labor would he shun, no danger fear. His valor, boldness, heart, and courage brave to his faint body strength and vigor gave. To this exploit forth went the venturous knight, fearless yet heedful, silent, well advised. The terrors of that forest's dreadful sight, storms, earthquakes, thunders, cries, he all despised. He feared nothing. Yet a motion light that quickly vanished in his heart arised, when, lo, between him and the charmed wood, a fiery city high as heaven upstood. The knight stepped back and took a sudden pause, and to himself, What help these arms, quoth he, if in this fire or monster's gaping jaws I headlong cast myself, what boots it me? For common profit, or my country's cause, to hazard life, before me none should be. But this exploit of no such weight I hold, 
for it to lose a prince or champion bold. But if I fly, what will the pagan say? If I retire, who shall cut down this spring? Godfredo will attempt it every day. What if some other knight perform the thing? These flames uprisen to forestall my way, perchance more terror far than danger bring. But hap what shall. This said, he forward stepped, and through the fire a wondrous boldness leapt. He bolted through, but neither warmth nor heat he felt, nor sign of fire or scorching flame. Yet wist he not in his dismayed conceit if that were fire or no through which he came. For at first touch vanished those monsters great, And in their stead the clouds black night did frame, And hideous storms and showers of hail and rain, Yet storms and tempests vanished straight again. Amazed, but not afraid, the champion good stood still. But when the tempest passed he spied, He entered boldly that forbidden wood, And of the forest all the secrets eyed. In all his walk no sprite or phantasm stood That stopped his way or passage free denied, Save that the growing trees so thick were set That oft his sight and passage oft they let. At length a fair and spacious green he spied, Like calmest waters plain, like velvet soft, Wherein a cypress clad in summer's pride Pyramid-wise lift up his tops aloft in whose smooth bark upon the evenest side strange characters he found and viewed them oft like those which priests of egypt erst instead of letters used which none but they could read amongst them he picked out these words at last writ in the syriac tongue which well he could o hardy knight who through these woods hast passed where death his palace and his court doth hold Oh, trouble not these souls in quiet placed. Oh, be not cruel as thy heart is bold. Pardon these ghosts deprived of heavenly light. With spirits dead, why should men living fight? This found he graven in the tender rind, And while he mused on this uncouth writ, Him thought he heard the softly whistling wind His blasts amid the leaves and branches knit and frame a sound like speech of humankind, but full of sorrow, grief, and woe was it, whereby his gentle thoughts all filled were with pity, sadness, grief, compassion, fear. He drew his sword at last, and gave the tree a mighty blow that made a gaping wound. Out of the rift red streams he trickling see, that all be bled the verdant plain around. His hair start up, yet once again struck he. He no'll give over till the end he found of this adventure. When with plaint and moan, as from some hollow grave, he heard one groan. Enough, enough, the voice lamenting said. Tancred, thou hast me hurt. Thou didst me drive out of the body of a noble maid who with me lived whom late I kept on live, and now within this woeful cypress laid, my tender rind thy weapon sharp doth rive. Cruel is not enough thy foes to kill, but in their graves wilt thou torment them still. 
I was Clorinda, now imprisoned here, yet not alone within this plant I dwell, for every pagan lord and Christian peer before the city's walls, last day that fell, in bodies new or graves I wot not clear, but here they are confined by magic's spell, so that each tree hath life, and sense each bough, a murderer, if thou cut one twist, art thou. As the sick man that in his sleep doth see some ugly dragon, or some chimera new, though he suspect or half persuaded be it is an idle dream, no monster true, yet still he fears, he quakes and strives to flee, so fearful is that wondrous form to view. So feared the knight, yet he both knew and thought all were illusions false by witchcraft wrought but cold and trembling waxed his frozen heart such strange effects such passions it torment out of his feeble hand his weapon start himself out of his wits nigh after went wounded he saw he thought for pain and smart his lady weep complain mourn and lament nor could he suffer her dear blood to see or hear her sighs that deep far-fetched be thus his fierce heart which death had scorned oft whom no strange shape nor monster could dismay with feigned shows of tender love made soft a spirit false did with vain plaints betray a whirling wind his sword heaved up aloft and through the forest bare it quite away or come retired the prince and as he came his sword he found and repossessed the same yet no return he had no mind to try his courage further in those forests green. But when to Godfrey's tent he approached nigh, his spirits waked, his thoughts composed been. My lord, quoth he, a witness true am I of wonders strange, believed scant though seen. What of the fire, the shades, the dreadful sound you heard, all true by proof myself have found? A burning fire, so are those deserts charmed, Built like a battled wall to heaven was reared, Whereon with darts and dreadful weapons armed, Of monsters foul misshaped whole bands appeared. But through them all I passed unhurt, unharmed, No flame or threatened blow I felt or feared. Then rain and night I found, But straight again to day the night to sunshine turned the rain. What would you more? Each tree through all that wood hath sense, hath life, hath speech like humankind. I heard their words as in that grove I stood, that mournful voice still, still I bear in mind. And as they were a flesh, the purple blood at every blow streams from the wounded rind. No, no, not I, nor any else I trow, hath power to cut one leaf, one branch, one bough. While thus he said, the Christian's noble guide felt uncouth strife in his contentious thought. He thought, what if himself in person tried those witchcrafts strange, and bring those charms to naught? For such he deemed them, or elsewhere provide for timber easier got, though farther sought. 
But from his study he at last abrayed, Called by the hermit old that to him said, Leave off thy hardy thought, Another's hands of these her plants The woods despoil and shall, now, now the fatal ship of conquest lands, Her sails are struck, her silver anchors fall, Our champion broken hath his worthless bands, And looseth from the soil which held him thrall. The time draws nigh when our proud foes in field Shall slaughtered lie, and Zion's fort shall yield. This said, his visage shone with beams divine, And more than mortal was his voice's sound. Godfredo's thought to other acts incline, His working brain was never idle found. But in the crab now did bright Titan shine, And scorched with scalding beams the parched ground, And made unfit for toil or warlike feet, His soldiers weak with labor, faint with sweat. The planets mild, their lamps benign, quenched out, And cruel stars in heaven did seniorize whose influence cast fiery flames about, and hot impressions through the earth and skies. The growing heat still gathered deeper root, the noisome warmth through lands and kingdoms flies. A harmful night, a hurtful day succeeds, and worse than both, next morn her light outspreads. When Phoebus rose, he left his golden weed, and donned a gite in deepest purple dyed. His sanguine beams about his forehead spread, A sad presage of ill that should betide, With vermil drops at even his tresses bleed, For shows of future heat, From the ocean wide when next he rose, And thus increased still their present harms, With dread of future ill. While thus he bent against earth his scorching rays, He burnt the flowers, burnt his clighty dear, the leaves grew wan upon the withered sprays, The grass and growing herbs all parched were, Earth cleft in rifts, in floods their streams decays, The barren clouds with lightning bright appear, And mankind feared lest Clymene's child again Had driven awry his sire's ill-guided wane. As from a furnace flew the smoke to skies, Such smoke as that when damned Sodom brent, Within his caves sweet Zephyr silent lies. Still was the air, the rack nor came nor went, But o'er the lands with lukewarm breathing flies The southern wind from sunburnt Afric sent, Which, thick and warm, his interrupted blasts Upon their bosoms, throats, and faces casts. Nor yet more comfort brought the gloomy night, When her thick shades was burning heat uprolled, her sable mantle was embroidered bright with blazing stars and gliding fires for gold. Nor to refresh, sad earth, thy thirsty sprite, the niggard moon let fall her maydews cold, and dried up the vital moisture was in trees, in plants, in herbs, in flowers, in grass. Sleep to his quiet dales, exiled, fled from these unquiet nights, and oft in vain the soldiers restless sought the god in bed. But most for thirst they mourned and most complain, for Judah's tyrant had strong poison shed, poison that breeds more woe and deadly pain than Acheron or Stygian waters bring in every fountain, cistern, well, and spring. 
and little Silo, that his store bestows of purest crystal on the Christian bands, the pebbles naked in his channel shows, and scantly glides above the scorched sands. Nor Po in May, when o'er his banks he flows, nor Ganges, waterer of the Indian lands, nor seven-mouthed Nile, that yields all Egypt drink, to quench their thirst the men sufficient think. He that the gliding rivers erst had seen adown their verdant channels gently rolled, or falling streams which to the valleys green distilled from tops of alpine mountains cold, those he desired in vain. New torments been augmented thus with wish of comforts old. Those waters cool he drank in vain conceit, which more increased his thirst, increased his heat. The sturdy bodies of the warriors strong, whom neither marching far, nor tedious way, nor weighty arms which on their shoulders hung could weary make, nor death itself dismay, now weak and feeble, cast their limbs along, unwieldy burdens, on the burned clay. And in each vein a smoldering fire there dwelt, which dried their flesh, and solid bones did melt. Languished the steed late fierce, and proffered grass, his fodder erst despised, and from him kissed. Each step he stumbled, and which lofty was and high advanced before, now fell his crest. His conquests gotten, all forgotten pass, nor with desire of glory swelled his breast. The spoils won from his foe, his late rewards, he now neglects, despiseth, not regards. Languished the faithful dog, and wanted care of his dear lord and cabin both forgot. Panting he laid, and gathered fresher air to cool the burning of his entrails hot. But breathing, which wise nature did prepare to swage the stomach's heat, now booted not, for little ease, alas, small help they win, that breathe forth air, and scalding fire suck in. Thus languished the earth, in this estate lay woeful thousands of the Christians stout. The faithful people grew nigh desperate of hoped conquest. Shameful death, they doubt. Of their distress they talk and oft debate. These sad complaints were heard the camp throughout. What hope hath Godfrey? Shall we still here lie till all his soldiers, all our armies, die? Alas, with what device, what strength? thinks he to scale these walls, or this strong fort to get. Whence hath he engines new? Doth he not see how wrathful heaven gainst us his sword doth wet? These tokens shown true signs and witness be our angry God, our proud attempts doth let, and scorching sun so hot his beams outspreads, that not more cooling ind nor Ethiop needs. Or thinks he it an eath or little thing that us, despised, neglected, and disdained, like abjects vile, to death he thus should bring, that so his empire may be still maintained? Is it so great a bliss to be a king, that he that wears the crown with blood is stained, and buys his scepter with his people's lives? See whither glory vain fond mankind drives. See, see the man called holy, just, and good, that courteous, meek, and humble would be thought, yet never cared in what distress we stood if his vain honor were diminished not, when dried up from us his spring and flood, his water must from Jordan's streams be brought, 
and now he sits at feasts and banquets sweet, and mingleth waters fresh with wines of Crete. The French thus murmured, but the Greekish knight Tatine, that of this war was weary grown, Why die we here, quoth he, slain without fight, killed, not subdued, murdered, not overthrown? Upon the Frenchman let the penance light of Godfrey's folly, let me save mine own. And as he said, without farewell, the knight and all his cornet stole away by night. His bad example many a troop prepares to imitate when his escape they know, Clotharius's band and Adamer's, and all whose guides in dust were buried low, discharged of duty's chains and bondage snares, free from their oath, to none they service owe, but now concluded all on secret flight, and shrunk away by thousands every night. Godfredo this both heard and saw and knew, yet knolled with death them chastise, though he mocked but with that faith wherewith he could remew the steadfast hills and seas dry up to naught, he prayed the Lord upon his flock to rue, to ope the springs of grace, and ease this draught. Out of his looks shone zeal, devotion, faith, his hands and eyes to heaven he heaves, and saith, Father and Lord, if in the desert's waste thou hadst compassion on thy children dear, the craggy rock when Moses cleft and brast, and drew forth flowing streams of waters clear, like mercy, Lord, like grace on us downcast, and though our merits less than theirs appear, thy grace supply that want, for though they be thy firstborn sons, thy children yet are we. These prayers just, from humble heart forth sent, were nothing slow to climb the starry sky but swift as winged bird themselves present before the Father of the heavens high. The Lord accepteth them, and gently bent upon the faithful host his gracious eye. And in what pain and what distress it laid he saw, and grieved to see, and thus he said, Mine armies dear till now have suffered woe, distress and danger. Hell's infernal power their enemy hath been, the world their foe. But happy be their actions from this hour. What they begin, to blessed end shall go. I will refresh them with a gentle shower. Rinaldo shall return. The Egyptian crew they shall encounter, conquer, and subdue. At these high words, great heaven began to shake. The fixed stars, the planets wandering still, tremble the air. The earth and ocean quake. Spring, fountain, river, forest, dale, and hill, from north to east a lightning flash outbreak, and coming drops presaged with thunder shrill. With joyful shouts the soldiers on the plain these tokens bless of long-desired rain. A sudden cloud, as when Elias prayed, not from dry earth exhaled by Phoebus' beams, arose, moist heaven his windows open laid, whence clouds by heaps outrush, and watery streams, the world o'erspread was with a gloomy shade, that like a dark and murksome even it seems. The crashing rain from molten skies down fell, and o'er their banks the brooks and fountains swell. In summer season, when the cloudy sky upon the parched ground doth rain down send, as duck and mallard in the furrows dry with merry noise the promised showers attend, 
and spreading broad their wings displayed lie to keep the drops that on their plumes descend and where the streams swell to a gathered lake therein they dive and sweet refreshing take so they the streaming showers with shouts and cries salute which heaven shed on the thirsty lands the falling liquor from the dropping skies he catcheth in his lap he barehead stands and his bright helm to drink therein unties in the fresh streams he dives his sweaty hands their faces some and some their temples wet and some to keep the drops large vessels set nor man alone to ease his burning sore herein doth dive and wash and hereof drinks but earth itself weak feeble faint before whose solid limbs were cleft with rifts and chinks received the falling showers and gathered store of liquor sweet that through her veins down sinks and moisture new infused largely was in trees in plants in herbs in flowers in grass earth like the patient was whose lively blood hath overcome at last some sickness strong whose feeble limbs had been the bait and food whereon this strange disease to pastured long but now restored in health and welfare stood as sound as erst as fresh as fair as young so that forgetting all his grief and pain his pleasant robes and crowns he takes again ceased the rain the sun began to shine with fruitful sweet benign and gentle ray full of strong power and vigor masculine as be his beams in april or in may o happy zeal who trusts in help divine the world's afflictions thus can drive away can storms appease and times and seasons change and conquer fortune fate and destiny strange end of book thirteen